0: algar productions
1: welcome to the post-atomic horror the most comprehensive star trek podcast ever produced with your hosts
0: ron algar watt and matt robotham
1: episode 393 covering the sounds of thunder
0: my friends You got one of them great episodes where me and Matt are in the same room. I'm in your basement. Yeah, this happens every doing stuff. And and I've heard from listeners that they like this. Oh, good. The energy they can definitely tell there's a difference Mm because we've just watched it together. The jokes are a little fresher because we're not like. Oh, I just woke up and got on Skype. Like, no, we were were watching. I'm
1: vaguely hungover. That's happened a few
0: times. (laughs) I mean, we do them on Saturday morning. Uh Uh-huh. And who doesn't, like, people who go out and drink, typically Friday night is the night you do it. It's like, oh,
1: I was up till three playing Smash Brothers with Flong.
0: (laughs) That's why you're hungover. Why am I?
1: Well, I was also drinking heavily. Yeah, I know. So that I could play Smash Brothers with Flong. I was
0: like, wait a minute. Yeah, you couldn't, you you wouldn't be going out on the town. I suppose you would just be playing. Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't go out on the town. I don't want to see what's out there. I
0: don't care. You live in a good town, though. I'm sure it's very nice. <laughs> I've been there. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine Flunk plays Smash Brothers because he thinks it's related to Smash Mouth in some way. Yep. I've probably Those already made together. that joke, but that's all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, hey, boy. Now, you're
1: an all-star. Here's Kirby.
0: You know, You know how we do that thing where we don't talk about Star Trek for the first part of the episode, mm-hmm. and then we launch into, you know, it's like, I don't want to... I don't want to get too much into my own very detailed itineraries, but I absolutely say, okay, three to five minutes of banter, uh-huh. and then we go and do our summaries, because uh-huh. that's absolutely how I think of it. Let's just do banter the whole time. Yeah, Let's just uh, not, uh, even, this is... not even talk about the sounds of thunder. I'm getting, real, I'm, getting real, I'm getting real disappointed with this season, man. I thought you would like this one, and I, I tried real hard not to influence you going in, but I couldn't help myself. I mean,
1: not not to do any spoilers or anything, but the second the episode went up, I got hit by a lot of viewers going, Hey, you know who's in this episode? Uh,
0: well, there's a similarity to something that we talk about uh-huh. a lot, so there's that. Also, throughout the episode, you two or three times threw out the dumbest thing you could think of to happen. And, and then it happened! And I would say, yeah, that's what happens. Uh-huh. I don't usually like to spoil it for you, but, I mean, you called it. I'm not going to say no. Oh, man. You guessed how many jelly beans are in the jar. Eat all the jelly beans now. No, uh, I don't even like jelly beans. Like I hate that. that game. And they're going to make you sick. That's a big jar. All right. Let Who me gives tell you. Who anyone this many jelly beans? What's wrong with you? Not even Ronald Reagan liked that many jelly beans. Oh, he liked jelly beans quite a bit. Well. Well. Maybe I'll do my summary in a Ronald Reagan voice. I will absolutely not do that. <laughs> there is no impression that I do that's worth Listen you could You could go
1: through a... all the presidents like you used to. Oh on yeah, SD.
0: I still have like thirteen left to go. There you go. Thirteen out of forty-five. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, but as is the tradition with this show, even a show that didn't have a B plot and a C plot and a D plot, that was pretty much just one story going on here. Mm. My summary is more than a written page 50 at fifty years like, long. Yeah. So bear with me here. Let me, let me take a nice sip of beverage before I start. This part's get... called
1: strap in.
0: <sighs> there we go. Sounds of refreshment. <clears throat> So, Discovery suddenly cares about the seven glowing lights this week for the first time in a while because I guess we just don't have enough things going on already? This week's arbitrary magical danger is, coincidentally enough, on Saru's home planet of Kaminar, where the evil Ba'ul are still getting up to their Ba'ul business. Saru, no longer in possession of a threat ganglia, as seen a thousand years or two episodes ago, fearlessly demands to be part of the away team despite literally the biggest possible conflict of interest imaginable. Like, if you were drawing a pie chart of how much a conflict of interest this is, it would be a circle with just one color. <laughs> okay, I guess pie chart jokes aren't as funny as Venn diagram jokes. Sue me, I was trying something new. So, completely ignoring the Prime Directive concerns that Georgiou was so careful to observe 20 years before, Mike and Saru just traips on down to the planet, immediately find Saru's sister, Saruzabeth and tell her that their entire culture and religion are a lie. Sure, this must be that gray area in the Prime Directive that Michael was talking about completely obliterating the belief system of a pre-warp society. Gray area. Sarunipi pushes back the, against this idea, weirdly enough, but Saru now has the ethical strength of a thousand college freshmen who have just bought their first Che Guevara t-shirt <laughs> and demands that they overthrow the oppressors. Then the Ba'ul threat starts doing its thing, so Saru and Michael bail. Back upstairs, Pike speaks to the Bowl for the first time, and... who uh, oh boy. <laughs> so... I'm kind of old and out of touch, but I'm fairly familiar with dubstep, and I'm not opposed to it as a form of music. As a form of language, though? (laughs) Not a fan! (laughs) Both times I watched this episode, I was worried this scene was going to blow out the subwoofer in my surround setup. The essence of what the dickheads from Planet Bass Drop are saying, though, is Blah, we are evil and we demand Saru so we can murder him because we're evil. Then they threaten to destroy his sister's entire village. So naturally, Saru disobeys orders and immediately beams over to the Ba'ul ship, because that's how we do on this show. Michael looks on in horror, thinking, My god, is that how I look to everyone else? <laughs> on the Ba'ul ship, we meet a Ba'ul, and... Okay. Obviously, there's an Armus component here, so let's get that out of the way. But it's like if Armis tried to take the form of a xenomorph from Alien, but wasn't very good at it, like when Odo tried to look human. They're really pointy and black and gooey, and also they have red eyes, and and the aforementioned ridiculous bass-heavy voices. Matt's wife Mal happened to be in, uh, be here screening the episode with us and very sensibly suggested that since the Kelpians and Ba'ul are both sentient, why wouldn't they just talk their differences out? This would be a very Star Trek way to handle it, Mal, but look at these guys! How are you gonna negotiate with the bad guy from Fern Gully who got covered in one of those oil slicks and never found a friendly environmentalist to come along and clean him off with a toothbrush? Here we confirm the stupid theory they've been putting together back on Disco, that the Kelpians were the original predators, preying on the Ba'ul, and now this culling thing happens because... revenge or something? Then Saruntha arrives, and together she and Saru figure out how to evolve all the Kelpians to be like Saru. Fearless, ganglias, with a with gross dark teeth growing in their necks. Because, sure, a species that changes its appearance over the natural course of its life, like for instance, a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly, they're definitely evolving. That's the only word for it. This show completely understands how evolution works. So now Kaminar is saved and Saru asks Saruna Bell if she wants to come with him, like how we've seen in 7,000 other times in other iterations of Star Trek. But hey, this show does like to play things a little differently. We, we put different twists on things. Maybe she'll say yes this time. She doesn't. It will shock you to learn. Then the episode finally ended, which was my favorite part of all. The end. And it was dope. Ooh, boy. It was not dope. No. Ooh, boy. Like I said, legit surprised you didn't kind of enjoy because it, it's a Saru episode.
1: I like Saru, and honestly, I talked about this. I was really looking forward to them getting back to like what the deal was with his Pete. Like mm-hmm. when we watched the short, I my first thought was, okay, so we're gonna get like we're gonna see some stuff. with And people I said, his, don't uh, be
0: dumb. These are nice. I didn't say dumb. I'm usually nicer to don't you. Don't be than a that. dumb idiot. You no. stupid moron. I said no. Come on. It, it These are all sort of standalone, nice little sweet. Self-contained things. Why would they come right back to it? No. You, you nailed it. You fucking nailed it. No, I'm, I'm the dumb here.
1: I'm pretty sure all of these are commercials for stuff that's going to happen later and in the season.
0: Really, this is my bad thing. Like, I wanted you to give a minute to. I wanted to give you a minute to talk after mm-hmm. I did my giant summary, but <laughs> you just, you just pushed me into my bad thing. So, they took two of my favorite things about this series so far: the uh, uh, singing plant, Blue Planet, mm-hmm. where Saru lost his fear the first time, and that short. And completely whizzed all the setup down their legs. Yeah, like that the plant planet thing we love because it's like okay we thought this character was just gonna be ooh, no like we said that a, we said that a bunch of times and yep. it's still funny. Yep, but we really thought like I got real vibes of like um, uh, Crichton from Red Dwarf, mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit of Mister Bill. Yep. Just like, oh,
1: no. And oh, he's going to be mean to me.
0: And he's, every single thing is like, oh, I think that's a bad idea. Oh, Let's geez, not, biz- risk geez. is not our business.
1: Jeez, Mr. Bill, it looks like we're going to have to beam you out into space to fight a Klingon.
0: Oh, I don't think that's such a good idea. Yeah. But, um, I, but... That was a nice episode where an alien, cool-ass, alien-ass alien thing mm-hmm. happened. It was like, oh, now he's turned a corner and it's going to be real interesting. And then they kind of ignored that and had his ganglia drop off and had it happen all over. Like, it was the same exact thing. What
1: what really bugs me about this whole thing is, like, we got to see him evolve beyond, beyond what his species is. Yeah. Like, his whole, his whole deal is, like, I'm scared of everything, and...
0: Now I'm the first one to leave, and I get exposed to something cool, and I'm different now.
1: Yeah, he's, lear- like he's learned to yeah. be better.
0: The, but this is the natural progression for all of them.
1: Evolving into... It, like, if
0: having nature do your character progression for you is yeah. not as good. I, and it was dumb that they found a technology thing that could just make them all yep. evolve. But... <sighs> God, that bugged me. But, okay, so... Their ganglia drop off. They're mm-hmm. replaced with the and I wasn't kidding with bitey teeth. So what's her name? The the Dr. Pollard I think is the I think so, yeah. is the lady doctor that took over after Dr. Hugh died and he's not back to normal yet. So she's kind of the main doctor. Uh, right she, now. He's been going through some shit. We'll talk about that. But uh she says uh, first of all she said uh, you're the only uh, Kelpian subject I've had. Oh, sorry to use that word. That was a nice little bit of dialogue yeah. there. Where she's like, I don't mean subject like that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Just, I think like a scientist, and you're a test subject.
1: You're a, you're a gross weirdo from another planet. Yeah. Oh, this is
0: awkward. But it was it was a nice little character. Mo- like, we don't have much with her. She's mm-hmm. one of those background guys I want to know more about. Yep. But it was a nice little bit where she's like, so you're a... Su- oh, wait. Whoops. Sorry. But she said, you seem to be growing something like teeth back there now that your thing dropped. And my first thought was, okay, she's, com- she's doing that Star Trek and she's comparing it to teeth. Mm-hmm. The way baby teeth drop and adult teeth grow but yep. it's like it's some kind of bone type thing it's not literally teeth no later in the episode i'm not around. they're not just teeth they're projectile teeth yep that fire out of his neck he's got a crown that shoots tiny spears out of it i think that's dumb maybe some people like that kind of thing it that's the stuff and a really this sounds like i'm trying to insult you i swear to christ i'm <laughs> not when we get into some areas that are sort of horror adjacent mm-hmm. or what i think of as kind of sci-fi cliches you're still into it. It doesn't bother you as much to see stuff you've seen before. Yeah, but the problem is all this shit's dopey as hell. I think it is, but I thought a lot of the stuff I had problems with, you'd be like, no, man, I like a good neck tooth.
1: <sighs> no, man. Because
0: you're into some of that stuff. All
1: that stuff, I mean, it could be, it could get better But you get But you get what I'm saying, right? Like oh, there's, yeah.
0: There's a lot of very sort of standard sci-fi, like there's no real surprises here. And woven together in the right order, it seems like that would appeal to you.
1: I don't like, this is weird, but I I don't like biological creatures being able to shoot things. I mean, those exist. I know that they exist.
0: Not no, There aren't many, but there are a few. I just think it's weird and kind of dumb. That's fair. Like, in no, nature, just...
1: not weird and dumb, that's nature. Okay. Like, the 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 dinosaur in Jurassic Park that spat the venom that clearly well, Saru was is different. based on. It's fine. He shoots darts. Yeah. He shoots darts like he, like a fucking dart gun grew out of the back, like a Nerf gun grew out of the back of his neck.
0: Okay, my question is, will he grow more darts to replace those or are those his only darts and either he only gets to shoot them once or he's got to recollect them and put them back in dude, his Dude, you used up your 6 teeth like That's you all don't you get. get any more teeth and they just grew in. Yeah. You got your whole lifetime to use them and you just you just blew your wad, man. That sucks, dude. It That's blew a real your tooth embarrassing. Wad. Yeah. <laughs> Or, maybe he could go collect them and put them back in, like, reloading the
1: Nerf gun. I just picture, just bent over, fucking Doug Jones bent over
0: three times. dunk, dunk. And then putting them back in carefully. Uh Uh-huh. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Probably he'll grow more. (laughs) You've reloaded six bullets. Yep. I, it's, but the whole, I don't know, I didn't hate the idea of, well, I hated the idea of the fact that the prey and predator used to be switched around. That's Mm. real stupid. But... I don't hate the idea of, I don't like calling it evolution, like I said, Mm -hmm. but I like the idea of their ganglia drop off and their whole fear thing drops away and now they're fearless and it's kind of dangerous because they don't, like, they don't, like, they're just aggressive as hell now. And, like, the idea is, okay, his sister knows this Mm -hmm. and she's like, okay, as a leader, because I'm still a priest, yeah, our, our religion is bullshit, but I'm still seen as a leader, Yeah, I can say, look, we're about to get real violent and aggressive and terrible. We need to keep an eye on this, and I don't... That's a very Star Trek idea. Sure. Keeping your, like, base instincts under control and being civilized is... Yeah, I like that.
1: See, what interests me was uh, was with Saru having, like, seeing where that goes, where he's like... It's less like a hormones thing, like, suddenly I feel like I can... Like, I it's not wanna, puberty. I just want to be aggressive and fight and stuff, and more like... Oh, I don't have to be afraid all the time. I can, yeah. like, I can sort of stretch out. And that would still cause you to do stupid things and take stupid risks because yeah. you're excited and just like, I can finally break out of my shell and be a different person. And or that's whatever.
0: what we liked about that, that one episode mm-hmm. because that's where it seemed like they were going with it. Yeah. This now, just feels like we're going to
1: come back and everyone's going to be beating the shit out of each other and fucking. Oh, the
0: bowel, I, it might have been Mal who said this, but the bowel, or they're going to come back and they'll just be smoldering crater. Like, yeah, there'll exactly. There'll be nothing left.
1: It, ugh. Yeah, but and how how do you prey on the Ba'ul exactly? I just picture Saru bent over a puddle with a straw.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Clearly, like, he they developed a natural defense against them. The neck teeth are, like, work against them somehow.
1: I, it's, it's a big puddle with, like... The the fucking the ring ghost woman in it.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure everyone who saw this immediately thought we'd be talking about Armus the whole uh-huh. time. I don't like I don't know, man. I mean, I look, don't have much more to say about Armus. I mean, look, it definitely
1: there was a component of that there. For it's sure. a big black mud puddle of tar. Like, yeah, it's Armus. Uh, let's get this out of the way. But, hey, buddy, how's it going? All right, there we yeah. go.
0: Yeah, but you need to like,
1: yeah. Hey, buddy. Well, <laughs>
0: buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The remix. The system is down. The skin is evil.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, thi- the, the, You know what? I'm going to get into this now. Yes. Fuck the Ba'ul. They're the worst. Well, this is your bad thing, right? The Ba'ul are terrible.
0: There's nothing good about them.
1: Like, you... Hang on. Where's my note? I... <laughs>
0: The Ba'ul are so
1: fucking evil. Mm-hmm. They might as well be a Star Wars
0: race, for crying hey, out loud. come on. It's not even, like, Star Wars is more subtle than this, is what I'm saying.
1: Al, Star Wars has a race in it that are literally the devil. Yeah, this And is they're worse. called devilronians.
0: This is worse.
1: Uh, like, they're just black skeletons with, with claws. <laughs> and he- evil hair the evilest of hair
0: red like, eyes glowing red uh-huh, eyes
1: that rise out of a giant puddle menacingly with their hands
0: crossed like everything i've ever seen in a lovecraft book yeah and then their hands turn into knives and just like ah. yeah it's like it like armis ate shinzon
1: uh-huh <laughs> they get a call from fucking the baul ship that's just,
0: ah god yeah blah, blah, blah. And seriously, no kidding, like, jokes aside, I saw this episode twice. I watched it last night and watched it again today with Matt, and I could not understand half of what they were saying. So I, I was desperate for subtitles. And unfortunately, I couldn't get the subtitles working. I and... just want to see Pike just like, what? Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Even through the translator, you are just, what? <laughs> what 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 did the, the... The universal translator just comes up with question marks. M- I don't fucking Michael, know. Michael, what did they
1: say? Uh, Something, something, hambone? <laughs> well, all right. Ants. Ants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they were they were just terrible. Just awful. And the thing is, in the short, the promise of, we didn't know what was going on. There was enough latitude there, they could have gone any direction mm-hmm. with it. Like, okay, they're, they're literally, they're predators, but they have technology. This mm-hmm. is very different than what I pictured when you said we're prey. I just thought you'd be like gazelles and they'd be yeah, lions right. or something. It's like, okay, what what is their deal? And then we come back and they completely, like, it's like I said, they whizzed it down their leg. It's like... There was so much potential in this idea. Mm-hmm. Also, my biggest problem is Saru. When we found out, and this short, if if you guys didn't watch the shorts, first of all, you should. They were all yeah. very good. We liked them all for very yep.
1: different reasons. Uh, they're on Netflix. Yeah, if you're if in, you're if in you're Canada watching, or, uh...
0: not Canada, everywhere else. Um, uh... In the U.S., you can watch them on CBS All Access. I don't know how you get to them in Canada, to be honest. Yeah,
1: I thought Nate figured this out, and no, I'm not sure.
0: Presumably, whatever channel carries them, if you have, like, On Demand or whatever, you can pull them up there. Well, the but thing
1: is, they pl- it plays on our sci-fi channel.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. When would the shorts air, though? Maybe on the website? Yeah, I don't know. But I know, Nate, yeah, Nate confirms from Canada, you can see them. Yeah. And then our, our friends everywhere else see them on Netflix, and it's buried in, like, the special yeah, features. They're all they're, real, real good, though. There. And uh, the thing is... That's when we learned Saru's specific backstory, mm. and the fact that he's real lonely up here. He's not just the only Kelpian in Starfleet; he's the only Kelpian to ever leave his planet. Yeah. And it's like that's an interesting new angle on him. We've seen characters like that before, but it's still very interesting. Mm. Let's spend a little time dealing with this very lonely character, very isolated character. Nope. Five episodes later, we're back and everything's yep. fine. Like, let's. Like, I'm not even opposed to going back. To and no, the... I was
1: like, I was really interested in where that would go, and like, yeah, sort of the idea of what, like, what this race has been doing to his people over yeah. the years and stuff. That like, all, been interesting. all of that was like, it did the job. Like, it made me want to check out the full episode. I'm a little disappointed now that we're here,
0: but I wanted to spend a little more time with this new information about mm. Saru, because now he's different again. Like, yeah. there's a there's a whole emotional beat there that they just glossed over yeah. that would have been really interesting. It's it's a thing we didn't know about him all of season one, mm-hmm. and it would have been interesting to spend a little time with. And I was just gone. Yeah. And yeah. now he's... There. I, I will say, there was some decent writing and some very good performing from Doug Jones on the... Before he goes to the planet, mm-hmm. getting more aggressive, more fearless, little subtle... Like, he's constantly checking his neck, yeah. feeling like... Like, when you get a haircut, a major haircut, and you're missing a bunch of hair you don't have anymore, you're always reaching up to feel it, and yep. it's gone. He's always feeling where his ganglia used to be. That was very good.
1: There's a great shot when uh, he's on the bridge, and Pike comes in, and Pike's just sort of standing over him like, well? that's Oh, right.
0: Yeah, he's in the chair.
1: And I'm just like, co-captains, huh?
0: And Yeah, I'm I'm still upset about that. Yeah, but also...
1: co-captains, but... Uh, when your boy Pike's on the bridge, stand the fuck up. Right. I don't like to lean.
0: Co-captains until I'm here, then captain on the bridge. Uh huh. Uh huh. You yeah. know that old expression? Yeah,
1: co-captain.
0: Uh huh. But we'll make you king of co-captains. But the um king of radishes. Uh huh. Yeah. King of children. Yep. The um the the all of his body language in those early scenes were just like the chair scene. Yeah. He's just like. Come at me. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. Make something of it. Yeah. Fuck you. And he's just like, like when Pike's trying to very delicately talk the Ba'ul down, Saru just butts in and said, you are the oppressors of my people. Fuck you, Ba'ul. And Pike's like, shut up.
1: And the Ba'ul are all like, there he is. We want him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, And actually, my good thing, I know I just said Pike last week. And uh-huh. I, I can't just keep saying, but pa- this is a specific thing that I noticed more in this episode, though. Like, I think this works as a whole other different thing. His captaining style, mm-hmm. the way he de-escalates, he's put in a lot of very tense situations between people he doesn't have much to do with. And he's got to be the peacekeeper. Mm. And I love his style, like, particularly in those scenes we're talking about. Yeah. Where he's trying to calm Saru down and he's not trying to be aggressive towards yeah. Saru. But he's very firmly saying, dude, you got to stay out of this. I can fix this. Yeah. I'm trained for this. I'm a diplomat. I'm a, like, just just let me handle it, man. Sort of like, boo, the bagul suck. Yeah. And it's like there's some very specific details about the way he handles things that, yeah. that are very Starfleet, but also not quite the same as other captains. Yeah. And I dig it. Yeah. I dig it so much. He's like, he's really the peacekeeper in this episode. Mm-hmm. And and I like him as the man of action and I like him as a, a handsome older fellow, but <laughs> as a as just as a diplomat, as that angle of being a Starfleet captain, he's very good at yeah.
1: it. Yeah. Now we were talking about this while we we're watching the It would have been very easy to make him like kirk basically yeah
0: bulldozing in and doing what he wants yeah and they haven't
1: done that he's a completely unique character that i really enjoy watching every week he has that
0: very picard i want to hear both sides yeah i right now i come in with the bias of wanting to take saru's side but what what are you up to i Mm -hmm. don't want to just assume he's right what let me hear your side of
1: it i mean he does think you've been eating his people for hundreds of years so have you uh that brings me to another point. Yes. We don't know. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. What are the what, what are the what is the point of the bow killing them other than
1: I've only watched this once. You've seen it twice, one without me in the room. Do we know what the fuck they're doing with these people?
0: Here's a thing that people have pointed out. Sometimes we miss major things. Yeah. Because we're cracking jokes uh-huh. or taking notes or whatever. So maybe I missed it, but I've seen it twice and I don't fucking
1: Yeah, know. like it that feels like a real big deal. Yeah, what like it, I mean the the, ba- the baul are evil enough that they could literally be taking these people away and just torturing them because fuck it. Like it seems like their whole
0: deal is fuck the kelpians. Well, yeah, because they were the prey before and the roles are reversed now and so yeah, it just seems like evil revenge. That's all it seems. How like.
1: stupid. How stupid is of like as if as if they weren't evil enough because they're evil slime ghosts. When Their entire species is based around revenge. I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said. I mean, you know, maybe we'll get back it wouldn't honestly it wouldn't at this point. Surprise me if we I get back to it later in to the see. Well, I got stuff. bad fucking
0: news. I know.
1: But um like just more it's just more and more dumb. These guys are like Saturday morning cartoon villains. They are.
0: They very much are. Um I I don't I like yeah it could be like a preemptive
1: strike thing. Or they might just put blenders in all of their faces. Well, that's
0: how they attacked Saru when he was chained to the wall. They they sent fucking rotating knives rotating at him. Rotating like, knives. Come on, man. <laughs> use a like use a laser or
1: something. Just little flying drones around that turn into blenders. <sighs> it's not good. No. It's not good at all. No. And the room's full of, like, bright white lights and shit. It's just it's
0: bad. The most... This show loves embracing that lordy stuff, and I hate mm-hmm. it. And we're not going away from it, because we're still chasing... We're getting
1: an entire series that's going to be entirely
0: based around Oh, there's it. also that. Like, Section 31 is going to double down on that crap. Oh, of course it is. And maybe if it's fun and campy, I guess, but it's not going to be, because they're going to try to... I... I could be wrong. They get so close. They're gonna give...
1: Evil Georgiou is this
0: close to being, like, a fucking, like... Like, just Catwoman from... Yeah. Yeah, from old Batman. But, no, I I could be wrong, Mm -hmm. but I'm calling this now, and most of the things that I've guessed about this show have been right. Yeah. I've been wrong about a couple of things. I think they're gonna try to give her a redemption arc. Yeah. And that's, like, if you're gonna do that show, I still don't want it. Uh Uh-huh. Go over the top and go nuts with it and just make her crazy, I guess. Uh, speaking of Section Thirty-One, we now have Agent Lieutenant Ash Tyler Agent, hanging about. Agent Lieutenant the fi- oh, Lieutenant Ash the Firewolf Bag Salad Bag Salad Tyler Ash Tyler the Fourth. Yeah, just just still hanging around. I like the general idea of a captain. I think we've seen this situation before. Mm. I can't remember specifically uh, where the captain should be the ultimate authority. Yeah. And he's got someone from some other government organization breathing down his neck. It's kind of like in Aliens where you got Paul Reiser saying, like, this is what the company wants. I don't care what you want. Like, that kind of situation. I like that conflict.
1: There's that guy in the original series on, uh, I think it was the Galileo 7 that was counting down the minutes until Kirk had to stop trying to rescue the ship.
0: one of the shitty Commodores. Yeah. Yeah. There's those, but I like when there's sort of, like, another arm of the government. Not fucking Section 31, Mm. but, like, I don't know. Like... These guys are the Space Navy. What if the Space Marines came and, like, outranked them or something? I don't know. Like, something. You'd have to think it out for a minute. No. We had the Space Marines. None of them mattered. That was not a bad idea. Nope. But, yeah. No, but I I like the basic idea of the conflict of not Section 31, but someone else who sort of laterally outranks Pike and can come and say we don't approve of this, you shouldn't be doing this. And you can have
1: that with like this weird military.
0: that they. Yeah, but then you got Lieutenant Ash Tyler, Agent Lieutenant Ash Tyler, who is like the worst, like he's got a, what should be a good scene with Pike where he's like, you know what? I hate having you on my ship, but we should be sharing information. Mm -hmm. What do you got? Here's what we got. Yeah. But because what's his name is just not a very good actor. Anson Mount, the guy who plays Pike, is so good. And once again, Lieutenant Ash Tyler, the worst actor in Uh the room. It just,
1: just it storm, should have been an interesting moment. Storms off in the least dramatic way possible.
0: And we get... Okay, let's talk about this. We get the reveal mm-hmm. that the Red Angel that they've been chasing... Yep. Time travels. hmm So... He said... Uh, the, the, Agent Lieutenant Ash Tyler says... Every time. that's It's, it's like Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. I'm yeah. just going to keep adding the, the, the titles on it. Um, says... Uh, it's got future tech, and it's traveling back in time to 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 mess with history with its with its tech, and it was like, oh god, this is a fucking temporal cold war. Yep, this is that we've done this plot, and we hated it there, and it never made any sense there. Oh god, what?
1: What? what they if never, it is? <laughs> what, what? They never, fi- they like, they never, they dropped the temporal cold war plot back in Enterprise. Yeah, they did.
0: What if they think they're being clever and picking it up again? Yeah. What if they think this is the unfinished business of the previous series? Oh, see, that's oh, a no. <laughs> My my theory. I think this is going to be the one Uh huh. is it's going to be some stupid predestination bullshit because now they think it's a person in a suit.
1: Well, we've gotten a good look at it now. And yeah, it looks a lot. Honestly, it looks a lot like the uh, the Klingon space suit we saw all the way back in episode one.
0: And I don't remember that because I've blocked the Klingons out That's of my head, but I believe you completely understandable. Um, But the signals keep drawing them to places they need to be. Yeah like to uh, uh, Jet Reno's crashed ship Mm -hmm. and uh, that colony that needed, you know, help. Help. (laughs) And I don't remember exactly what the conflict was there. I remember the episode. It was okay, but I don't remember specifically what they needed. But it keeps drawing them to places that they need to be, like Saru's people need help. And it feels like someone with advanced knowledge of where Discovery needs to be is doing it, and it's going to end up being like Michael in a space suit going back in time and telling the ship where it needs to be. That's my theory. Yeah. I hate it. I don't want it to be that. I...
1: It's... it's
0: but the show so, always goes to where...
1: It feels so obvious now that you say it. Like... Yeah, that's that's what and I And even think. going back to, like, well, the first time it appeared was to help Michael find Spock back in the past. Like,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. Come on. Or maybe it's Spock. I don't know. But it's still... Oh, God, it could
1: be Spock, too. Yeah. Either way, it's, it's either going to be Michael or Spock.
0: It's someone affiliated with our characters going back in time to help our characters, mm. and I think that's dumb. Yeah. I think... There's not a lot of meat left on the time travel bone. I think they could do something interesting with it. But if this is what they're doing, that's not it. Yeah. There's plenty of interesting stories they could tell. The time loop episode with Mud was good. Yeah. They could do it, but I don't like And again, just a theory.
1: Here's the thing. If it's that, I'm going to be real annoyed by the fact that Michael didn't decide to go back and, you know, stop that war she caused. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's kind of a big one, Mike. You want to maybe uh, fix that? You Maybe stop your mentor from getting murdered? Yeah, maybe don't get Giorgio killed.
0: There's a thought. Mm-hmm. That one neck maybe. pinch that launched a thousand corpses. Maybe don't do that.
1: Maybe don't bring the uh, evil Georgiou over to this reality so that she can
0: be the actual devil. <laughs> there was a moment when Saru breaks orders, because of course he does. <clears throat> does anyone in Star Trek ever follow fucking orders, ever? I, it really bugs me. Uh-huh.
1: Like, why? And why, of give course, once again... N- No one does fucking anything. No,
0: of course, Mr. Theroux, you saved your people. I I guess you're not on report anymore.
1: Well, I told you to get off the bridge. I guess there's nowhere further off the bridge than on another planet. Yeah,
0: beaming away. Uh Uh-huh. But there's a moment in the transporter room where Michael, with a phaser, says, you are not beaming over there. Get off that pad. Mm -hmm. And he says, you would do it for your brother. Come on. And that's not a bad emotional beat to hit because she's been laying on the Spock stuff pretty hard. And he's like, look. We're talking about siblings, man. You've got something going on with us right now. We're the same. Mm-hmm. And she's like, shit, you're right. Go ahead. And as he's beaming, th- this reminded me, because you mentioned the the uh, bringing George over. Mm-hmm. She makes a face very similar to, yeah, like, what have I done? Yeah. That was the right, like, impulsive, like, felt right in the moment. But Jesus, that was a bad idea. Why yep. did I do that? Ugh. And it's good. This isn't a Michael episode, but we still got a little bit of that. Yep.
1: Michael making poor decisions wherever she goes.
0: And this, this one panned out. They mm-hmm. don't always. No. But I not did, always. I did like. Not every time. I did like Saru being the one on the bridge, like embarrassing himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like. They I cut said to I was, Michael
1: occasionally. She's just like, oh. Yep. Now I know why everyone was
0: mad at me. Okay. Oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't do that. I get it now. That really hurts, doesn't it? Uh, speaking Note of. Note to self. Apologize to Detmer. <laughs> Oh god, she still hasn't had that conversation yet. It's too late. You've been Detmer here doesn't for a year. Detmer doesn't get enough dialogue in a, per episode for that to happen. You just need to show her nodding solemnly. That's probably all they'll get away with. Yep. Um criminally underused. Uh huh. Like just never bring Agent Lieutenant Ash Tyler back and give it to her instead. We yep. we spent a moment with uh, Arium. Oh, that's my good thing. Oh, all right. Uh,
1: seeing her was seeing Arium, the robot gal, was real nice. Give uh-huh. her more to do. Give all the bridge guys more to do.
0: Unfortunately, she was basically just uh, Tilly's research buddy. Like yeah. we didn't learn anything about her character. Yeah, she was just there for but Tilly to.
1: She's there. Yeah. I'll take it. I, I will take these little scenes. I would. I would much prefer episodes around them. Yeah, especially with Lieutenant Ash Tyler hanging around.
0: Agent Lieutenant Ash, Tyler. Agent
1: Agent Captain Lieutenant Ash Tyler, <laughs> the <PhD>. third. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, we have all these randos on the bridge, all of whom I'm quite fond of and would like to see more of.
0: We've said that repeatedly. Yeah. And I maintain, I still think Detmer is like the O'Brien of this show. Yeah. Like let her let her come out and show what she's got. She's gonna be the one that gets the spinoff. That'd be fine. Yep. No, JoJo was already the one.
1: Maybe a couple of her friends from Discovery will come along to help her out. <laughs>
0: um, boy, your show, what kind of interesting adventures could you get up to in this exotic setting? I don't. I. I'm not even thinking of Star Trek stuff now. I'm just like, hey, big daddy, it's regular daddy. It's very the, um, slowly getting away. The uh, speaking of like dumb theories we have about where the show's going, mm-hmm. you said last week yep. you thought uh, Hugh coming back. Mm-hmm. Was gonna they're gonna do another beat with that where oh he definitely
1: came back wrong
0: and we're already hinting that maybe like there's some very solid evidence toward that happening.
1: There's a lot of he does a lot of like I'm not comfortable in my own skin type thing and the doctors like uh you know you're not entirely human anymore. Like, yeah,
0: look, you grew a new nervous system. It's gonna take it's a minute to get feel used to. Weird
1: it. and uh Hugh looks weathered like yeah. I it, it's I think it's a combination of the actor and the makeup mm-hmm. but. When you see him, he he looks like he's been through the shit.
0: But also, they talk about him being literally brand new. Yeah, like he's he's trim. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if he always had sort of. And we not never
1: ju- really saw him shirtless. Yeah, anything. and it's not
0: just his arms; like his whole Although, body. Like there's not a lot of body fat there, and I wonder if that's kind of a like because uh, you come back basically in perfect health. Yeah, exactly. Which and, is interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that. Like I hated all of that, mm-hmm. but the the general idea of okay, if you're gonna reconstruct someone's body, yeah, and there was a cute little bit where they talk about how he doesn't have a scar anymore yeah. and how in the future you can just m- remove your scars. We've yeah. seen that tech. And Stamets says, but he left it because he wanted it because he mm. did a dumb thing as a kid. And I think it's sexy. And yeah. it was a cute little moment. And the uh, Dr. Pollard gives a great little look like, oh, you two are back together. Yeah. That's so nice. And I also like the way Pollard, uh, Pollard, another one of those like Detmer. She had five lines, mm-hmm. but everything she did was super interesting to me.
1: She's she been w- real good since she st- showed up a couple she, episodes back.
0: The way she talked to Hugh mm-hmm. was realizing, oh, right, you're a doctor. Yeah. I don't have to dumb this down, and I don't have to give you the soft bedside manner. I can tell you exactly how yeah. it is because you know. She said, like, you saw the readings. Like, they probably wouldn't hand the chart to a normal patient. Yeah. But he's a doctor. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, of course I'll let you look at your readings. You know how to read them just as well as I do. We're doctors. Yeah. And it was it was just a nice little moment of... Treating him not like a patient, mm-hmm. but like another doctor who needs to be treated, yeah. which was kind of nice. I like that. Yeah. Again, I wish we spent more time with those guys. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely a hint. Maybe it won't go anywhere, but there sure is a hint that uh, he's going to be possessed by evil Lorca or something.
1: Yeah. No, I evil Stamets is in there somewhere. I would guarantee it.
0: Well, Lorca would be the way to bring back like a stunt casting. Like, oh, here's this guy again, but for a more personal. Stamets is cheaper. He's Dumb, edgy there. story. Yeah. Yeah. And we've already introduced mm-hmm. evil Stamets. So there is that.
1: And having, like, the boyfriend with the evil version of his boyfriend in his head.
0: Oh, boy. You talk about them not being able to handle sort of uh, parallels of abuse well. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Now you're in a relationship with someone who, oh, boy. Yeah. D- just don't. We see it coming, and please don't uh-huh. go somewhere else. Yeah. I will say, Amanda's theory, and mm-hmm. I, I either you or Mal said the same thing was that the Kelpians evolve into the Ba'ul, and that's why they pull them away, is because yeah. you turn into these other guys. It's time for you to become one that, of us. That felt like the super predictable thing that I was sure they were going to do, because it was so predictable, and they didn't even do that. It was dumber than that. Yeah,
1: that feels like a Voyager
0: episode. Yeah, I could see that. I could see them making that work better than this, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, what yeah, this is rough, man. I don't like it, but I thought, again, and I, I know it sounds insulting, I thought this was stupid. I thought you'd love it. That's mm-hmm. not what I mean. I just mean that just things that I get mad at for being so cliched and lazy, mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, fuck, man, I don't care, spaceships. Like, yeah. you're way more forgiving. You're way more willing to embrace that stuff. And I, I like that about you. I just don't have that in me to do that.
1: There's certain things, man, and this episode hit all of them. Like That's, that's weird to me. I, I'm i a big horror movie guy, and if the Ba'ul was a monster in a horror flick,
0: Well, they I were would, really trying hard to make him that.
1: That's the thing. It doesn't work in Star Trek because Star Trek is a like a fully realized universe. That, I don't know if you know this, I've spent a lot of time watching. Yeah, we, and they, you know, we know a do, little they, about it. They don't fit. No, they you don't. You know, no. like Armist didn't fit either. <laughs> And he was a fucking trash bag.
0: It doesn't work. Yeah, but he also wasn't a race. He was like an anomaly. No, he was a weird-ass dude on a planet. It was a dumb, like, one of those dumb, like, I don't know, the psychic energy of the planet mixed with the, like, you know, the hate Mm -hmm. of the planet, which was dumb, but it it was a done-in-one, so it doesn't matter that much. There wasn't a whole species of armistice.
1: But, like, having a race of evil tar boogans that rise out of a pool in the middle...
0: And kill guys just for the sake of killing them, probably?
1: It like, it just doesn't fit... No. You know? Like, and and when like... it doesn't fit, it stands out like
0: a sore thumb. I like... You mean a sore knife. Because <clears throat> their thumbs are knives.
1: Their thum- thumbs are knives. <laughs>
0: Car-covered <clears throat> knives.
1: They pointed at you in a menacing manner. Uh-huh.
0: Like, like, a... yeah. Oh, the
1: only yeah. thing they didn't do was have him, like, put it right up to, like, Saru's eye. Like, mm-hmm. just... Yeah, with the rising <sighs> strings.
0: Uh-huh. And they should have said, shall
1: we begin?
0: Uh-huh. Ugh. Well we probably come back to them. It's... Oh, the yeah. thing is, and I don't mind Star Trek expanding its world and making stuff we haven't seen before. That's yeah, what I want. I would love that, but, but like... There's also a basic logic to what we meet usually.
1: I mean, like, they're just... They're just so evil-looking. Like, there's... Yeah. N- th- you can't go anywhere with an entire race that's like
0: this. No, and we've talked about this before <sighs> where Star Trek goes out of its way because they don't want you to see both sides of this one. They want you to completely side with our guys. And... The easiest way to do that is to make the other guys so evil that there's no possible way you could see their side, and that's lazy writing. You don't have to fight...
1: to. You don't have to help me with that fight, guys. I like Saru. Trust your characters. And you literally said he's prey. Yeah. His people, as far as I know, are being eaten. Yeah. That means I'm on the side of the guy who doesn't want to get eaten.
0: Also a guy that we've gotten to know for 20 episodes and kind of like. Yeah. Like, we're sympathetic with him because he's an interesting, sympathetic character. Yeah, like... Trust your characters. Trust your actors. Yeah. You don't have to make your bad guys the ultimate bad guys to make us hate them.
1: Yeah. I, it's, 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 it's like the, the Remans all over again, you know, just like the evil vampires that,
0: that live underground. Mm Mm-hmm on the on the dark side of the moon,
1: I like I could see this stuff working in a different type of science fiction show, but not in this science fiction show. This yeah. show shouldn't have any boogins in it.
0: It also shouldn't have the constant presence of a secret police that's yep. that's been my biggest complaint is some people are like, "I guess you don't like this show, and it's like, well, it's <sighs> got it could if it just went this way, like we it's started, so close we started. The season at a crossroads. Yeah. We, we could go this way. We could go that way. And we chose the wrong direction is all. They have all the pieces. I, we said this coming out of season one. There's so much potential in the show. And the shorts, all four of them went yep. in very different directions. Each one of them was good in a different way. Yeah. And the first step, like, like on the strength of those four shorts and the first episode of the season was like, yeah, we're back on track. And they have just slowly fucked that away.
1: This le- I say this every week. I love everyone on this show who Dude. is not Lieutenant Ash Tyler.
0: Agent Lieutenant Ash Tyler. All
1: I want to do is watch these guys go ha- go on adventures. But all their
0: adventures keep being stupid. No, and apart from Agent Lieutenant Ash Tyler, like, okay, we got all those guys on the bridge that we'd love to know mm-hmm. more about. And they, they've slowly added people to the ensemble that are interesting to us. Pike. Yep. And Dr. Pollard. Yep. Uh, Jet Reno. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they've, more often than not, there's still only the one dud. There's There were already ten potentially interesting characters on the ship and they added five more yeah like they're good at characters this show but ugh, just, it's they're the, terrible at plot the stuff they
1: get up to is just boring
0: yeah and like and cliched as hell
1: it really is like, that was I've my seen main complaint all of this so many times like this episode the fucking the one where they go to the to the uh the plant the planet with the um the people that had that haven't involved technology or whatever
0: yeah the dirt farmers. like
1: we've seen that a million fucking times
0: yeah no, and one of the things we were truly excited about with the with the seru on the plant planet and with the mud time travel is like, ooh, both of these are quintessentially Star Trek, but they're taking them into new directions we haven't seen before. Yeah, that's what a new Star Trek show in fucking 2019 should be. Because Star Trek's been around 50 years; they've covered a lot of ground. We want to go somewhere new. Yeah, and they're not. They're no, just it's not. the
1: same. St- it's the same stuff. It's executed poorly, and now it looks
0: like we're going back to crap from Enterprise. Fuck that. They might not be. There's a couple of dumb ways. Or we could be calling it wrong. Yeah. We, we're we not, like, we're not God, Matt. <laughs> That's the first line of King of Kong, where Billy Mitchell says, I'm not God. I love it so much. No, no you're a
1: guy who play, who cheats at Donkey Kong.
0: Oh, God. Oh, if just sidetrack. If you haven't seen that, it's like a Christopher Guest movie, only mm-hmm. the people are real. Like, uh-huh. It is fucking nuts. I love it so much. There's a sequel
1: now, too, isn't there? Oh, I don't care about that.
0: I mean, I might watch Just it.
1: Just catch but... up on what these guys are up to. What yeah. these guys are up to is that it turns out that Billy Mitchell's a huge fucking cheater. Well, we
0: knew that from day one that he was a piece of shit. But uh-huh. anyway, no, we're we're not perfect at guessing what's going to happen yeah. next. But you know what? We're pretty qualified to say maybe we can spot the pattern because we've looked at the entire fucking tapestry in mm-hmm. detail. Yeah. but No one can say we haven't put the time in. Yeah. Well, I was, I was promoting uh, Endeavor, mm-hmm. which we'll do again in a sec. Premieres next. Uh, premieres next week. Yeah, March 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, be there. You can already hear it if you donate to the Patreon. Yeah, We'll talk about that in a minute.
1: Uh, and patreon.com slash Algar.
0: <laughs> but I've been talking about it, and I found a really good way to, to say it, which is uh, nine years of research and two lifetimes of passion. Mm-hmm. And, like, and then when I stopped and thought about that, like, shit, yeah, we have been researching this for nine years. Yep. Like, this is fun for this show, and yeah. it's cool to watch Star Trek, but also now it's just like, we're looking at Star Trek. As research for a story. Yeah. <laughs> for nine years. Uh-huh. So yeah, we know a little bit. And also, it's either the same tired cliches or they're folding in new elements from other things that don't fit. Yeah. There's so much of that Brian Fullery waving a knife around stuff that I don't love. Yeah. All the knife-wavy, like, um, Alice in Wonderland, like, all that stuff. Yeah. Just not my thing. I know people like him. I don't, but also I don't think it fits in Star Trek.
1: This was not the place for him. Yeah. Is, I think.
0: But but we still very much feel his, his influence. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Ba'ul have such a vibe that they were going for in season one. They completely fit in with like.
1: Yep. Those fucking, the redesigned Klingons and like. And the,
0: the, the thing on the tardigrade ship that's. Yeah. The, that episode, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just blech. Uh <sighs> One last thing that I liked that was good, tiny thing that I always try to latch onto. Uh, Michael was wearing a cool shirt.
1: Yeah, I like that. It's the, we were talking about this, it's maybe the undershirt under their jacket.
0: Yeah, we don't really see them take the jackets off, so I'm not sure. It's basically just a white, sort of like um, Lycra-y, like spandex uh, spandexy kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, with the Starfleet insignia on it. That's yeah. it. It looks like it could be related to the, like the Kirk or Bones shirts. Like the, the blue and the, the, the gold and the yeah. red. Only it's white. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's it. I, I liked agree. her shirt. I agree. Uh, anything else?
1: I think that's everything.
0: All right. Well, uh, my quote, yes, actually ties to my good thing. Uh, this is this is Pike really trying hard to to get the bowel under control, but then he's had enough, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna like, I'm I'm only gonna take so much of this. Mm-hmm. Well, I had all, had all I could stands I can't stand no more. It was a really good moment. This is Captain Pike. I will not allow you to wipe out an entire race. Your fear of the Kelpians has blinded you to a peaceful solution. Starfleet can help you negotiate a new balance between your two species, protecting everyone on your world. However, if you choose to murder the entire Kelpian population, you will become our enemies. Choose wisely. I loved how he said, like, like, because they said something to the effect, I think they did. Uh, Like, why would you protect... Someone, like, these aren't your people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that guy's wearing one of my uniforms. He is my yeah. people. That's a very, that's what I want to hear my Starfleet captain yeah. say. Always. Like, he's one of us. Mm-hmm. He's he's up here with us. He requested asylum. He belongs to us now. Yeah. Fuck off. We're his friends. And we are, we are armed. Mm-hmm. And that done. At least
1: is the thing Discovery has come back to a lot. And it's a thing I really like about. What's that? Uh, just the, like, if you're not wearing that uniform, we're here for you. Yeah. You I know? like the it's whole chosen, chosen family thing. Season, I like, I like all that. that. Yeah.
0: No, and I, like, we said before that we thought the Michael and Saru being, like, brother and sister thing felt a little, like, not earned. Mm-hmm. Like, suddenly he's dying and suddenly they're close. And yeah. it was like, oh, we needed another beat or two to make that work. Yeah. But, okay, it happened.
1: Yeah, and now that it's here, they've sort of doubled down on it it, it. it works a
0: lot. Yeah. When they beam down to the planet together and he's like, oh, my God, I'm coming back home for 20 years and I am terrified. She just... Reaches over, holds his hand, give it a little squeeze. Mm-hmm. Was it wasn't just a cute, yeah. uh, I say cute, I don't mean cute. It was a sweet moment. Yeah. It was very touching because, okay, I didn't buy it at first, but they are close and going forward, if you still treat it like that, mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah. I like when they're friends. Mm-hmm. I like when it's a chosen family and it's like, this is these are the people you know that I spend my time with and these are the people that I want to be with. These yeah, are the it's people who nice. are
1: important to me. Yeah. yeah.
0: And we've already gotten a lot of that with Michael and Tilly, not so much this season as you pointed out. But
1: it was know. one of the things I really liked about season one. Yeah. So, like, they have a good I've friendship. Missing it.
0: Well, also season one, Michael was fucked up the whole time. Yeah. It would be nice to see level-headed Michael hanging out with her friend Tilly. Like, yeah. I hope she's not one of those friends that only needs her friend when she's going through a crisis. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think that's the intention. Yeah. But you know the kind I mean. Yeah. Like, I only hear from you when I'm on like you're on the ledge and you need someone to talk you down. But when you want to go hang out, you'd call someone else. Yeah, That's right.
1: bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, okay. I've been saying this all year, but this, this is, this season needs a fucking, some fucking downtime. No way. We need a goddamn birthday
0: party for mud to mess up again. <laughs> that would be all right. Yeah. I, I said this on Twitter earlier in the week. I get the distinct impression. So you got a writer's room with a bunch of writers, like every TV show. Sure. Let's say there's 10 writers. I don't know how many, I don't have it in front of me, but let's say there's 10 writers. I feel like they're all doing whatever they want and no one's taking all of those ideas and making them all fit into the same thing. Yeah. It's just like, this guy wants to write the grim, dark pointy guys. This guy wants to write the red angel yeah. sort of heavy handed symbolism. This guy wants to write good character stuff and they just throw it all together. And no, there's no, like, I know they had problems with their show runners, mm. but it feels like there's nobody steering the ship. Yeah. It feels like every writer's going wherever they want. And the show is just a mess of, 10 different visions Mm -hmm. like there's no clear what is this show
1: yeah it's it's in desperate need of a like a guiding sort of a guiding hand on
0: it yeah it just it it doesn't feel like there's a vision there's a there's a cohesive like what are you trying to say Mm -hmm. and we've mentioned this before but it bears repeating uh uh kurtzman who's now sort of in charge of this whole show like Uh not just this show but all of the star trek stuff coming out said we want all of these shows, each of these shows, to feel distinctive and unique. Yeah. They each have a different voice, and they'll feel very different. Okay, this show doesn't have a distinct voice in and of itself. How are you going to manage that yeah. with five other shows? Yeah. That I don't see. I just don't see it. We'll find out, yeah, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. So... This, On that chipper note... <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I want to like this show. Yeah. I don't want to show up and complain every week. i said this before. It's not as bad as Enterprise. Oh, uh, no. But I don't like it. I just haven't liked most of this season, which is unfortunate. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. Well, that's all for this time. Um, I'm going to need another drink. Let's do the rundown. Oh, boy. Okay.
1: We have a Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Algar. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Two A's. Yes.
0: You can, can, if for, I think it's like a dollar, Mm -hmm. you get the show early. Uh, We post the show early. Uh, for a little bit more, we'll give you access to all of our show notes, and that's nine years worth of jokes that you've not heard on the show. Yep. And uh, summary random and... scrolls. Oh, there's it's not all gold for sure. There's there's reason would say very little of it is <laughs> no. We hopefully the gold made it into the episode. We've developed a very good instinct for like I write down 10 times more than what we'll need, mm-hmm. and then my eyes sort of drift over the notes and pick out the interesting, yeah. So, like, I don't. It's like when you write a draft and you don't worry about what's good, you go back and edit later. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it's like for me. All, these are all the potential talking points, but some of them suck. I don't. Yeah, care. I'll just I'll write them all down. I don't care. Um, but there's some stuff in there. Like there's definitely jokes in there that I wish we'd gotten to for sure. Oh yeah, where it's like, oh man, that was funny. Why didn't we do that? Because there wasn't time. Because yeah. we talked about other things. Um, or you and Flunk did the Armist voice for twenty minutes. <laughs> like, that could be, also be it.
1: Oh man, if only we knew. We knew, no, we could have got him back for this episode. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, if you want to donate and, uh, we have our fanfic project Endeavor, Yep. which, okay, let me, let me back up and, and talk. You guys should have gotten, uh, I put this in the feed earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. You should have gotten a nine minute clip of this. Uh, this is me and Matt review it. We've reviewed all of Star Trek and looked at it and said, you know, we still love Star Trek after all this time. There's some things we wish we, that were in it. Why don't we try it ourselves? Yeah. And we did, we really did. We sat down and we've had so many conversations just about where it's going and what we want and, oh, this show did this, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And there there need to be more than one queer person and they don't die, for and instance. That, yeah, And things like that. Maybe a hopeful utopia that isn't swarming with secret police. Gay people not dying. That's the Endeavor guarantee. Yes. Stamp. I, I will say... Uh, so far, and not all of it has made it on, like, into the show yet. No, it's still got stuff yeah. had to come, basically, Yeah, we didn't want to unload every piece of exposition the, in the first episode. The pilot
1: was long enough as oh it is. Oh my god,
0: so long. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be an hour long, you get to hear, like, usually they're gonna be 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. this is an hour long. And, um, but I, w- I will say, this is canon. And we will commit to this. All three of the main characters are some, some shade of queer. hmm uh, The captain, also. Mm-hmm. like. I can't think of a single... uh the Admiral's probably straight. Yeah. But that's about it. Like, everyone else is somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. And we. I put that rainbow in the logo. It was like, oh, shit, we got to we gotta live up to this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put a rainbow in and have one token gay. Yeah. Like, we really need to... But not just that. There's just so much... Like, we wanted to do the exploration thing that we haven't yep. seen forever. This ship is not a fire truck. Mm-hmm. And just hopeful utopia. Just people excited to do their jobs and yeah. be friends. Like, it, and... We're so proud of it. Yeah. The website for it is ussendeavor.com, and it's Endeavor without a U, because I didn't realize that the Space Shuttle spelled it the Canadian way. (laughs) Um, And if you donate, uh, it's like $5.02 or something to the Patreon. You get to hear it early. It's available now. Yeah. Right now. You can hear the whole thing. It's an hour long. We have the greatest voice performers contributing to this. Yep. We have Original Score.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. The theme song sounds so good. Yeah, it does. Oh, Um, my
0: God. Listener, Rich DeThorne, who... Awesome name, by the Uh way. I love... Every time I refer to him, to Amanda, I say, so Rich DeThorne talked to me today. Mr. DeThorne. Very cool. Uh, No, but he's like, uh, hey, so I hear you got this thing coming up and I I can't really draw, but I, I compose classical music. Is that a thing you can use? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. And just... Well, it was this or using another theme from the planet, so thanks. I I was gonna like I could bash together something passable with GarageBand loops. I sure. did it for other projects. It would sound fine. It would not sound so specifically tailored to this and so quintessentially Star Trek without actually touching the real theme. Yeah. Like, and he so completely got what we wanted. Mm-hmm. I was like, here, here's a clip of this of this bit. Here's where your music goes. And he's like, oh, well, then it should like. The opening bit where there's opening narration and uh, the last part is she says, Endeavor. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, obviously it should like crescendo yeah. there. Like, oh, so good. This is professionalism. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I've gotten pretty okay at editing now so that it actually doesn't sound like a garbage. Mm-hmm. And Matt and I wrote the script together. Like, yep. we're, we're very, very happy with it. And we hope you'll at least give the first couple episodes a try. Yeah uh uss endeavor.com you'll be able to subscribe like all the links there will be just subscribe to uh itunes and everything else
1: reviews and ratings would be incredibly helpful for that guys uh i was on my beat about this a while back for for pa but um this is gonna this is a new show like it's new untested thing i don't know how many trek audio plays are on itunes but I bet it's not a huge number. So any like any reviews or star ratings you can give us to make us stand out a little would be super helpful.
0: All right. So as usual, the web our our website for this show postalmacore.com. Our email address uh, uh at gmail. Tumblr postalmacore.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter at Algar at robotmat. We will be talking relentlessly about Endeavor for the next little while because we're super excited about that. But this show's still obviously going, and we mm-hmm. still love it. And even if Disco is disappointing, we will be here to talk about it. Yep. Um, and that's all until next week. That's it. Guys. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron elgar
1: and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.